Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Actually, as you come back, just stay standing if you can. And um, we're just going to pray for our nation. We're going to remember our Anzacs. We're just going to... Uh, I saw Peter Hartwick. Where are you, Peter? Just honour you, Peter, for your time and service. And anyone else who's served or serving in the armed forces, I just want to pray. Lord, we just thank you today for the freedom we have in Australia for the freedom that we have to to live the lives that we live. We pray, Lord, for all of those servicemen and women who are right now standing for that freedom. And Lord, we pray you would bless them. We pray that you would uh, break out in, in church services, in chapel and in chaplaincy gatherings, Lord, in the armed forces. Lord, we pray that you would uphold our righteousness in our defense forces. And Lord, we pray even today as we remember those who have sacrificed so much, Lord, we just thank you for them. We pray that that memory will not be lost on us. And we pray blessing upon our city and upon our nation in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Bless you guys. Well, it kind of goes along a little bit of what I want to... Oh, I just... What what do I need? No, I don't need anything. Why is my fly down? (laughs) It's always the worry for every pastor. I've told you that before. But uh, Josh and Beck Pittman are there. Just want to honour these guys. Why don't you guys stand? We'll just... Yeah, Beck doesn't want to stand. These guys are pastors down at Jesus Community in Seaford and Yankalilla, and we just want to bless you guys. Let's stretch out our hands and pray for these guys. Lord, we thank you for Josh and Beck and their family. We pray you would bless them, that you would strengthen them and encourage them. We thank you for them. We pray that their gift would be released in this region in greater ways in the coming days. Lord, that you would do great things, that you would fill them with so much strength and joy. Give them so much joy and liberty. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Bless you guys. And Josh is still a little bit better on the motocross bike than me, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Anyway, so today I want to talk about inheritance. Just say that word, inheritance. It's a good word, isn't it? Especially if you've received some. Um, But uh, inheritance, it it, uh, brings up all sorts of Uh, thoughts. Normally, we think of inheritance as obviously what is passed down from one generation to the next. And that clearly is uh, the main natural uh, terminology for it. However, I want to look at our spiritual inheritance today. And the fact is, if you know Jesus, you are carrying great spiritual inheritance. Even if you've never thought of it like that before, You are carrying great spiritual inheritance. And there are many of us as believers of Jesus who through insecurity and through fear, maybe life's scenarios, traumas, doubts, fears, disappointments, we don't fully explore the inheritance that God's actually given us. And I want to tell you today, God has given you an incredible inheritance 
Incredible spiritual inheritance. And the thing about an inheritance is you don't have to try to get it. Isn't that good? You don't have to work to get an inheritance. You get an inheritance through blood. It's exactly the same with spiritual inheritance from our Father. We get it through blood. And we receive it freely. We receive it with no obligation. We receive it with no, no uh, uh, strings attached. Freely and openly we receive this inheritance. I want to uh, start by reading in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 to 14. Ephesians 1, 11 to 14 says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That includes all of those silly scenarios that we get ourselves in. He knows what we're going through. And in the counsel of his will, he will work it all out. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we require possession of it to the praise of his glory. I've told this story before, but when... Uh, in business, um, every single job, every decent project that we had to do, you know, some of the projects were one million uh, in in sort of sales value. Others were 20, 30 million in sales value. And every single job like that, we would have to sign a bank guarantee. And a bank guarantee was normally 10% of a project value. So if it was a $20 million project value, it's $2 million bank guarantee, we would have to sign away. And that bank guarantee is, is irrevocable. And what that means is that the... The client, if they're not happy and if I'm breaking things as the supplier, then they can call on the bank guarantee uh, at, at basically if and whenever they like. If they need to in that project, that $2 million is theirs. It's absolutely, so, it's like a check that is in their bank account already. They can call on it and they can use it. They can draw it down on the, on, on the project if, if I go slightly out of line. And this taught me the value of a guarantee. The truth is, the Holy Spirit, if you believe in Jesus, you have been stamped with this irrevocable guarantee. No one can snatch it from you. The Bible actually says that, that no one can snatch you from the Father's hand. Now, you can get your head around that with Calvinism or not, or whether you can lose your salvation or not. You can work that out yourself. But the Bible says no one can snatch you. No one can snatch you. And so it's an interesting point here when we realize that that guarantee, we're stamped in his blood. And when we get stamped in his blood, we gain access to the family inheritance. Now we get a piece of it now and we get all of it later. It's like we get some coinage now to, to do what we have. We have gifts and talents. We have his presence. We have intimacy. We have the knowledge of him. But it's only a fraction of what is to come. It's just like salvation. We are saved and we are being saved. And it's, it's, this, it's this sort of thought pattern that is recurring. It's ongoing. It's increasing from glory to glory. 
Because we get a piece of the glory now, we get the rest of the glory later. And so that little bit that we have now is an inheritance. What are we doing with the inheritance he's given us? What are we doing in our daily lives with that inheritance? You know, a well that doesn't have water isn't very useful. I know this because we used to supply well water casing. And we would drill down 300 meters, 400 meters, 800 meters, you know, 900 meters. And believe me, if the drillers don't hit water, they are not very happy drillers. Um, they're, they're a rough and tough crowd at the best of times, these guys, because they're out on mine sites and remote areas way out in the desert for weeks and weeks on end. But I remember going and visiting one site, and it's a big drilling company, and um, they, were, they were going down to an artesian basin, to an artesian water, which is the big basin under us, which provides us a whole lot of water. And um, I remember they, they had drilled this hole and it collapsed on them. Um, and it wasn't our product's fault, praise Jesus. <laughs> but uh, it happened from time to time, too much cement and just a, a whole processing. And, um, and these guys were ropeable. They'd been out there for three weeks drilling and it's hot and it's muddy because they use mud to, in the drilling process as well. It's a rough and tough thing. But when they don't hit water, they are the most demoralized people because they've got to move on and do that whole process all over again. They can't leave the well open, so they've got to refill the well and cement it up and do all sorts of things. And so we are like this. We need to be full. If we are not full of the well of life, then we can't give out much. What are we doing with the inheritance, the well that he's given us? I ask myself that question. What am I doing with the well that he's given me? Because we've been sealed with the greatest prize of all time. What are we doing with him? We have the greatest power, the greatest knowledge, the greatest authority, the greatest overcoming spirit and all of this breakthrough housed within us, stamped with his blood, what are we doing with it? What are we saying with it? What are we believing? Are we believing the lies of the enemy or are we standing in faith? There's situations that I'm sure you are facing right now that aren't looking too good. It might be little, it might be big. These are the times where we step into faith and we draw on that well and I pray your well is not dry. But if your well is dry, then I want to encourage you, drill deeper. Drill the well again, because the basin of water is there. It's available to you today. If you're feeling spiritually dry, there is an easy answer to it. Begin drilling that well. Begin in prayer. Begin in worship. I, I was praying and worshipping a bit last night and, and put on a song from a long time ago and, I, and I just, you know, how it recount, you recount memories and thoughts like that and I thought, wow, it's a, it's a great song and for the first minute I'm like, wow, that's amazing, I remember that. And then you, you, it, you, very quickly you realise that the well needs to be current water. It can't be old water. You need current water flowing through your spirit. Because old water equals stagnant water. And stagnant, my dams right now, well, they're more like ponds. They have stagnant water in them and they have mosquitoes in them. I don't even think there's any frogs left in there. But stagnant water, you do not want to swim in that stuff. 
This is what we get like when we have not drunk from the well of life for a while. How long is it since you've drunk from the well of life? I'm not talking about attending church. I'm not talking about looking right and sounding right, but getting in the face of Jesus, your lover, your creator, your redeemer, your healer, the one who saved you. No man, no system, no mechanism, no album, no book, no nothing has saved you, but a man has saved you. And unless we get into the presence of that man, then the well will run dry. It will run dry, no matter how good we look, no matter how loud we are. We need to be in his presence. How long is it since you've drunk from the well of life? since you've drunk from that fresh water. Thanks, Keith. Awesome. In him we have obtained an inheritance. Another version, CSB version, says this, or in him we are also an inheritance. Two meanings there. We are part of his inheritance. He turns it round. You, the the bride of Christ, you individually, even if you don't feel good enough, it's okay. You're part of his inheritance. It's why Jesus came to rescue us, the bride, because he loves us. Sometimes I scratch my head. I think, why? Why? We are just a crazy, weird bunch of people. I'm talking about us in the church. We are, aren't we? We're all over the place sometimes. This is why we need a saviour. This is why we need a redeemer. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, I want to talk about, just take a little tangent for a moment, about something that, look, it's, it's, it's a serious topic. So let's read it and then we'll, we'll get into it. Hebrews 12.8 says, If you are left without discipline, ouch, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons or not his children. Isn't it interesting? The father disciplines the ones he loves. Discipline, correction. I can see some of the fathers going, yeah, dig in. Let's let's hear some hard stuff. I would have done it 20 years ago until the Lord did some of this to me. Because when you've had a little bit, you're a little gun shy on talking about this kind of stuff. Because you're like, really, Lord? It's interesting because Karen and I were talking you know, a little bit about our journey and, and some things, even about inheritance and some stuff like this. And we were just looking back over some of the things and areas where we can see the Lord has disciplined us. And I said to Karen, because when you, when you realize the gravity of some of these things, I, I remember saying to her, wow. The, the Lord is actually really harsh sometimes. And, and I wasn't even joking. I, it's like when he deals with you, if you yield to him, he will deal with you. He will deal with you because he loves you. And I've realized that even, even those things that seem really harsh at the time, they almost seem to go opposite to what I believed about God. Uh, but even those things, he brought about a depth, and a nature of God, a, a reverence and an honor of him that I realized I am just a very small dot on this earth. And he is God. And he is in control. And in this day and age, 
where feelings rule everything. And if we look at the way the world is going, social media and big tech, and I know I hammer these things as much as I can because they need it. They deserve it. But we have to recognize that a generation is being raised in a completely different environment to what we had, my generation, generation before me. It's completely different. The same techniques will not work. They will not work. And, and this is where we realize that even, even discipline looks different. And so when I, when I come before the Lord and I realize, wow, he's, he's bringing adjustments. He's bringing correction. He always does it in love. He always does it current to where we're at right now. Hebrews 12, 5 and 6 says this, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Discipline, although we don't like it, and the truth is I'm not talking about natural discipline. I'm not talking about our family discipline and all that sort of. I'm talking about when he takes hold of us and says, come in this direction. When he takes hold of us, normally he draws close if we're willing through that time. And it's not the rod. It's not this harsh sort of discipline that we might be thinking. It's the father with his children saying, come on, I want you to go in this direction. But if we choose to go in another direction, sometimes he will give us the very thing we're going after. And that's when we realize I didn't want that in the first place. But we are part of his inheritance. That's why he came. And I want to encourage you this morning, whatever you're facing, never minimize the inheritance that you carry. Never minimize the inheritance you carry. There are opportunities around you every day. There are opportunities, people, prayers that can be uttered, worship opportunities, whatever it looks like, you are gifted and called with your anointing, not with anyone else's. Don't compare yourself with anyone else. You have your anointing. You have your gifting. And when you give that up to the Lord, it's like a fragrance. If you try to give someone else up, it's a stench because it's illegitimate. You have to give yours for it to be legitimate. And as sons and daughters, we are called to release our fragrance, to release our gifting, our worship. And if you haven't got with him in a while and worship, you need to. You might say, well, that's very harsh. It's okay, but we don't want dry wells. You can tell a dry well. It's, it's, it's not great being around dry wells. You want to be around wells that flow. Artesian wells that are eight, nine hundred meters down, 85, 90 degrees Celsius, and they're free-flowing. You don't even have to pump the things. You don't even have to have a church uh, system or franchise to pump them. They flow themselves. This is what believers are meant to do. They're meant to flow from the inner spring, not, not from all the external forces trying to prop up a church and prop up our system and come on, come on, we're begging people to come and do this thing, this machine that we have to keep going all the time. Do you know what? It's tiring, isn't it, Josh? Josh is a pastor. I'll even say it's boring. I'm bored with doing all that stuff. But when it flows from within, like when you guys worship, 
when Keith yells out, when there's enthusiasm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a rabbit trail. Is that okay? Just give me a wave if you're okay with a rabbit trail. When James Gold was here eight or, I don't know, whatever years ago, it's a while ago now, uh, we were going through a little bit of a rough time and he sort of looked at us and laughed and he said, ah, oh, the years of the cross. And I remember looking and going, oh, that's ridiculous. Get out of our church. <laughs> I didn't bring a prophet in our church to mock my situation that we're going through. But sometimes prophets say exactly what you don't want to hear. Anyway, I, I remember we were going through this, this time and, and we had some young people down from another state and, and the Holy Spirit began to move in our church and in our school and some people didn't like this. And I remember reading one letter from another leader in our area. It's 11-11. And um, I remember reading a, a letter from... I just, I'm always looking at 11-11. Uh, it's starting to annoy me now. <laughs> Let's take that clock down. But um, anyway... I remember reading this letter and, you know, it's, it's having a go at us for being free in the spirit and letting, letting, you know, kids are falling down under the power of God and, you know, encountering Jesus, how dare they at school. And, um, and, and one of the phrases that stuck out to me and, and, and it just hit me, and we're going through a rough time, okay? We're copping a whole lot of criticism and a whole lot of rumble and tumble. And, um, and it, it said, and this, this ridiculous enthusiasm... And I remember reading that word and thinking, wow, that's exactly what John Wesley was mocked for, for this enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Never let anyone mock your enthusiasm for Jesus. I was alone yesterday, you can feel sorry for me, in my enthusiasm. Tex Walker kicked 500 goals. The Crows won two in a row for a while, first in a while. I had some enthusiasm. And Port, Port won as well for you Port guys, you know, ladies, guys. There we go. Enthusiasm. It can only come when your well has something in it. If your well is dry then it's, it's very simple, the answer. You don't need to buy my latest book. I don't even have a latest book. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend listening to my last podcast. <laughs> but what I would recommend is getting with Jesus. Getting with Jesus. It's, a, it's that simple. We've made it hard, haven't we? Sometimes we've made it hard. We've made it... It's like it's work. And sometimes, okay, I've got to read a certain amount of passages. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do a certain time of day. Just get with Jesus, whatever it looks like, whatever you can do, just get with him. Let's stand. I think the band should come up. And just lift your hands and begin to get with Jesus. Maybe this is your main time this week where you'll just spend a minute with him. The only way we, we say, let's take this region, let's take the city, God, come and pour out. The only way that can happen is if we spend time with him, if we are with him.
And even though sometimes he disciplines us, even though sometimes he corrects us and adjusts us, he's always bringing us into that place of our inheritance. You have a great inheritance. Lord, we just thank you this morning. We thank you this morning for our inheritance. Thank you, Father, that you have given us the stamp of the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus. I pray this morning you would awaken any dry bones in us. Awaken any dry bones in us. Holy Spirit, that you would breathe on us. That you would breathe on us. That you would take us into that place of joy, not of hard work. Not of slavery and routine and it's always so hard. But in that place of joy. In that place of joy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we lift our hands to you this morning, Lord Jesus. And we say, come, Holy Spirit, have your way. I ask that you would fill us, that the well would begin to flow again. If there's any blockages, you'd remove blockages, doubt, fear, anxiety, stress, bills, whatever it is. You'd break all of the heavy yokes. And you would release your water, your artesian water. Let it flow freely in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Let's just worship for a couple of minutes.